0: Welcome to the So Much More Podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Amy. We've been married for almost 24 years.
1: We have four kids.
0: We live in the Dominican Republic.
1: We're missionaries.
0: We're both educators, have pastored together,
1: and love mentoring others.
0: Oh, and we love sharing our story.
1: Join us for this real talk about how to get more out of this thing called life.
0: Well, hey, welcome to episode two of this So Much More podcast. We had so much fun recording episode one that we thought, hey, let's just keep going and do episode two. And as we promised, we are gonna kick off a four-part series on marriage. It's called Four For More, A Real Talk On Marriage. And so I'm here with my wife, Amy, and we're excited to get started.
1: So as I'm thinking just about quarantine and the coronavirus we have had all this time to plan the four-part series and to talk and spend time together. Just curious, Scott, how's that going for you? Um,
0: It's going okay. Like we're, I don't know, like three weeks into quarantine slash curfew here. And it just got extended two more weeks. So at least where we're in the house from 5 p.m. to 6 a.m. You know, it's been good in a lot of ways because we've had time to to rest, time to do this, time to hang out with the girls and with each other. And but in some ways it's kind of driving me crazy.
1: Our marriage is driving you crazy well, or something else specifically? I
0: wouldn't say that, of course, because this is a marriage series, but I would <laughs> say I like to get out of the house a bit more. Uh we did go and get some pizza. Picked up some to-go once or twice, but I really like eating out, and so our budget actually has been better because we're not spending money out, but I just miss going to a place to go eat. So yeah, that's kind of driving me crazy.
1: Well, I'm glad that the marriage isn't suffering, and it's just your stomach, apparently. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm still eating. Hey, don't get me wrong. We're, we've got food, and we're, we're all good to go, but um, yeah, it's just a different feel. But yeah, it's going well. How about you?
1: I think it's been going well. I have definitely viewed this time as a time to pause and to like reflect and rest and just slow things down. And then at the same time, trying to take advantage of this time of not having a ton of commitments so that we can dream and do things and be creative and all those to-do list things that get pushed to the bottom because of other commitments I'm kind of seeing this as a gift to be able to finally do some of those things.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's been good. Um, all right. So let's jump in to the marriage series. I'm
1: not sure we should start the marriage series without first trying to catch people up as far as our marriage, just a little bit of our marriage story, because you'll learn more as we go. But oh, that's
0: a great idea. So you want to start or me?
1: I think I'll start. Okay.
0: I love this story. Y'all, here it goes. Ready? Go.
1: Okay. Um, Scott and I met in high school. We had, you know, like a high school part-time job at the same place. We worked at a movie theater and he always had a girlfriend and I always had a boyfriend and we were just friends, coworkers, blah, 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 blah. Um, we graduate high school and we're both finally single at the same time. And then we started dating. And we started dating and a month later I go off to one city for college and he goes off to the other city. And this is before there were cell phones that were like affordable for long distance calling and we were still having to do letter writing and phone calls back and forth were extremely, extremely expensive. I remember my dad sending me a timer and he would tie, he would tell, he asked me, because you just try to keep your, your conversations a little shorter, it's getting expensive. So we dated for a couple of years. We were married when we were 21 years old. Scott had barely turned 21. It was the summer before our senior year of college. And then we did life, right? And it was fast. And I think back to it, and it just, just zoomed past us. We've been married for 23 years. Okay, so in those 23 years, here's what you need to know about our marriage. We've had four kids, three miscarriages. One of our children um, is a child with special needs. We have moved 10 times. You have had seven job changes. And then in the midst of all of that, we managed to do ministry together and still like each other at the end of the day, most days.
0: That's a lot of moving.
1: It is a lot of moving, and how much of that is done in the summer heat? Mm, most of in it. Texas, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: most of it. It was hot. Uh, ten different houses, huh? And seven job changes. Plus, you've had some job changes in there too.
1: So. Yeah, you you win. You I win. win. Oh, yay!
0: I win. Okay, great. Uh, well, we'll try to keep that consistent here for a while. So, okay, so a lot to. A lot in our marriage there, I guess we've said maybe in the last episode that it's one of the things we've done together the longest. And so does that make us experts? No, probably not. But we had to have experience with it. We were lucky to have some, some great mentors along the way that showed us marriage, um, how to have a healthy marriage, how to have a God-centered marriage. And so we've tried to apply those things, made mistakes along the way, and we hope that some of what we've learned will help you. So this series really is, um, we've said four for more. So four part series on marriage and all of them, because I'm a good Southern Baptist guy, all of them are going to start with the same letter. So we kind of have a theme or a topic for each of the four uh, episodes. So all starting with the letter C, And so we're going to start today's episode. It's going to be on... Cheerleader. Yay, cheerleader. How to be a cheerleader in your marriage. And then we're going to move from there into communication. Then what?
1: Connection.
0: Connection. Oh, I like that one. And then we're going to finish it up with probably one of the most important topics is commitment. So the four essentials to help you discover more for your marriage. Cheerleader, communication, connection and commitment.
1: All right. So I think before we start to really talk about what it means to be a cheerleader in your marriage, I think it's important we define it. So cheerleader is a noun. It means someone who strongly supports another person. Now, if I take off the little ER on it, it's cheerlead and it becomes a verb. And that means to intentionally encourage someone else to achieve their goal or dream.
0: So I know maybe guys signing up or guys listening to this uh, are thinking, hey, I didn't sign up to be a cheerleader. Like, I never wanted to do that. Just hear us out. You'll see how this idea of a cheerleader in your marriage can really have a great impact on your relationship.
1: So I think it's really important that we do just a little bit of research about what it means to be a cheerleader, right? So who is it we know, Scott, who could help us out?
0: I've got somebody in mind. I think maybe we'll call Emma Grace, our second child and oldest daughter. She was our most favorite cheerleader of all time. And so we're going to put her on the call now. Emma, are you there?
2: Yeah, I'm here. Where are you at? I'm in Houston. Um, I'm at my grandparents' house, and we're just quarantining. That's exciting. So what is school like for you right now? Um, Everything's pretty much online. Uh, that's not, I mean, it could be worse, but it's not great. Yeah. Your first semester of college. Yeah. I paid a lot of money.
0: (laughs) So living with grandma and papa. So how's that like dessert every night and fried chicken and stuff like that?
2: Yeah. I have only washed like four dishes since I got here two weeks ago. So that's been super nice. So you're being Um, real
0: helpful. It sounds like.
2: Yes, absolutely. Been right. watching a lot of John Wayne, but it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be.
0: Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, all right, so good. all right, as the cheerleader, our very favoriteest cheerleader in the whole wide world, Emma Grace cheered uh, all through middle school and high school. So for 6 years she was a cheerleader and actually got to be the cheer captain her senior year because she was amazing.
2: And her junior year.
0: And, and her my junior, junior year. Did it
2: twice by myself.
0: Sorry. Um, okay. So I remember when you first started cheering, think back to seventh grade, when you first started, uh, those, one of those first football games you had to cheer at. And sometimes they would let different cheerleaders call cheers, which basically means what you get to like announce what the next cheer is going to be.
2: Yeah. And just let everyone know, Hey, this is what we're doing and we're starting it right now.
0: Okay. So when you got to do that for the first time, Uh, What was the most difficult part of knowing which cheer to call for in a game?
2: Well, I wanted to pick one that would look good, something everyone would know and something the crowd would like. And also, it was pretty difficult because I had never watched football in my life before. So knowing what was going on in the game, whether we were offense or defense or when the right time in the game was, I didn't know until... My junior year, what a first and 10 was, so stuff like that, I just was completely clueless and constantly had to ask people what was going on.
1: Okay, so and then I'm also remembering you cheering at basketball games. What was particularly difficult during those games?
2: Everything in basketball is so much faster paced than almost at any other sport, but that's not true, but faster than football for sure. Um, just they're switching offense and defense, and you could be cheering, like, get that basket, and then they shoot and miss, and then the game keeps going, things like that, and you don't want to look stupid.
0: <laughs> okay, so as a cheerleader, whether it's football, basketball, or just any sport, you're saying that knowing what's going on, paying attention listening for the sounds and the whistles and things like that that you have to have an awareness of what's going on in the game to be effective at a cheerleader true yeah okay think of a football game you cheered at think of your cheer squad uh over those six years what characteristic or characteristics make a great cheerleader besides skill besides being able to jump up and down and flu flips and stuff like that. So like, what are some characteristics that make a great cheerleader?
2: Just anyone who's a team player is going to be great. Someone who's energetic and excited. Someone who wants to be there usually is the biggest thing. I would say that's super important is that you want to be there.
1: Okay. So what do you think is the role of a cheerleader?
2: Uh, A cheerleader is someone who should be encouraging, someone who should continue cheering even if their team is losing.
1: What do you think about the statement, a cheerleader
2: who doesn't cheer is useless? I like that. Why? Um,
0: First of all, it sounds kind of harsh, like you're useless, (laughs) but I I think you know what she's saying.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to, like, break that down in my head in some metaphysical way. Um, a cheerleader who isn't doing their job of cheering and encouraging is kind of, I agree, pointless and useless.
0: Yeah. And, okay, think about your experience, your career as a cheerleader. Any last thoughts about being a cheerleader? What What's one of the most important things about being a cheerleader?
2: Never letting them hit the ground.
0: Now, is that like a rule? What what do you mean?
2: That is a rule that yep. if you're stunting, you're putting someone in the air, you're throwing them up, you never let them hit the ground. You would throw yourself under them.
1: It's very interesting. So when you cheered, what part of the stunting did you do?
2: I did everything.
1: So when you're in the air and you have people who are like, you know, keeping you up there, what is it that you – you need in order to be able to go up in the air? Like, how is it that you're able to, to do that with
2: other people? Uh, it takes a lot of work and practice because no one ever starts out like perfect and where they can work together just by eye contact and little things like that. But communicating and just working together and trusting the other person and over time like with that foundation, you're able to grow and things become a lot easier.
0: Uh, you said the word trust. I think that's perfect. This is like, these are great principles for cheerleading and great principles for marriage, which is why we wanted to talk to Emma today. You're going to make a great wife one day, by the way.
2: That's rude. You going <laughs> <laughs> to be <a> wife? <laughs>
0: What's wrong with that?
2: Nothing, but I would like to think, you think I can do more than that with my life. It's
0: just part of your identity. It's not all of <laughs> who you are.
2: Okay. It's like that scene in the office with the interns and there's one female and Dwight's like, one of you will be a great salesman. One of you will make a great living. And he was like, and one of you will be a great mother. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So give me a good, how would you end this as a good cheerleader
2: cheering for the Lions? What would you say? Go team. Or I'm not a lion. I'm a hilltopper. Go go goats. (laughs) Go lion sounds way better than go goats.
0: Go goats. All right. Well, thanks Emma Grace. We love you. We will hope to see you soon.
2: Well, we'll see about that.
0: Yeah, we'll see about that. Come on, coronavirus. (laughs) Get away so she can come. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Okay, bye. Wow. Now that was... Great. It was great to hear from Emma Grace, first of all, but as she talked about being a cheerleader for a high school team, so much resonates with this idea of being a cheerleader in your marriage. Some of the things she talked about, like one, she talked about, you know, having to really pay attention and be aware of what's going on in the game. Same, same goes in marriage. And when it comes to being a cheerleader for your spouse, you got to listen, you got to pay attention you got to know your spouse you got to know what their dreams are their desires their goals you, you got to be aware of what's going on and that that of course takes communication it takes time and you just got to learn to listen and pay attention just like a cheerleader needs to know I remember her uh, when she was learning like dad what's first and ten mean what's what's offense and defense and so i'm trying to tell her and it, of course i didn 't think well that is kind of important for a cheerleader to know so you're not yelling defense when your team has the ball that would be silly so Uh, Such a great principle from real cheerleading to marriage, learning how to listen, pay attention, and be aware of what your spouse dreams of and desires and and what their goals are.
1: Another thing that I really appreciate what she said is when we asked her about the characteristics of a good cheerleader, because it goes beyond skill. One of the things that she said was that it's important that the cheerleader wants to be there. Right, That they care about what they're doing. It's not even important that they care about the game, but the players playing the game, their team that they're cheering with, the school that they're representing, that they find value in it. That their goals um, are, are aligned with the football team. They're aligned with the basketball team. It's to win, right? I think the same is true in a marriage. Scott's goals and dreams are just as important to me as they are to him and i think that my goals and dreams are also important to him it's a partnership right just like the cheerleaders must believe in the outcomes and get excited about them in that same way i'm going to be just as excited about the things that scott is doing to value
0: and then ultimately you got to act so you're listening you're paying attention you're being aware you're getting to know your spouse you've got to talk about these things and they've got to be valuable to you like amy was saying and then you got to do something with it. You got to pursue them. You got to act. So it, this this plays out in our marriage. It's played out in based on the season of life we were in. It may be that in your relationship, uh, you're in a season right now where it feels as if the other person's priorities or goals or dreams are getting all the attention, and you're the cheerleader. Uh, you have to realize that 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 may be true. For this to work long term, you have to both be committed to say, "Hey." For this season, we're going to focus on yours, and the next season, we're going to focus on mine. And it gives you the opportunity to support one another. It it creates frustration if you're trying to accomplish the things at the exact same time. Sometimes it works, but oftentimes it doesn't because you have other obligations. You may have kids. You may have other responsibilities or an aging parent, and things happen. And so having the, the, the grace within your marriage to say, hey, for this amount of time, this is what we're going to focus on. And then be able to focus on the other, um, it's a priority thing and you have to be able to pursue those things in your life and encourage each other as you pursue those. And so just think of the cheerleader, like, yes, they're paying attention. They know what's going on. Yes. It's important that they're there. They want to support the team and encourage the crowd, but at some point they got to start cheering. They got to start acting and pursuing what their purpose is. It's like, Hey, like Emma said, cheerleaders that don't cheer are useless. If you're not doing what you're meant to do, if you're not cheerleading one another, then you're not growing in your relationship. So listen, value, and then act. So it makes me think of a couple of different verses in Scripture that address this, really talking to believers and how to cheerlead one another. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says to encourage one another and build one another up. That's true For your brothers and sisters in Christ, that's especially true in marriage is to encourage one another, build them up. And then Hebrews 10, 24 says to spur one another on to love and good works. So that, again, in marriage, like, wow, spur one another on. The idea of pressing, of encouraging, of cheerleading to say, hey, you got this, you can do this. Your goals, your dreams, your aspirations are worth it, uh, and we're going to encourage one another through that.
2: When
1: I think about those verses, or when I reflect on the listen and the value and the act, all those those parts of being a cheerleader in a marriage, a couple things come to mind, Scott. One is I think about how I have felt for years as your wife that I wanted to be known as your biggest fan. I wanted everyone to know that that I believed in you, that I believe in your abilities, that I believe in what you're doing. I believe in in you as a person, as a man of God, a man full of integrity. And I would tell anyone, whether we knew them personally or not, how much I adored you and how much I was your fan. It's, it reminds me of, like, if I could be, a, like, a Scott fan and I could wear a T-shirt and have this big foam finger with, like, God, and I'm like waving it in the crowd all the time, like walking behind you. All of that could get super awkward and weird.
0: It sounds kind of interesting. You could want you want
1: you want me to get a big foam finger for sure. you? Okay, then. But at that I wanted other people to know I was your biggest fan. I wanted to be intentional with my words to affirm you and to encourage you. As you changed jobs, as you pursued different degrees, as you had to make decisions or changes that I wanted you to know at all times that I was your biggest cheerleader. Is that a song? Oh, I
0: I think we can probably sing that because we'll have to pay some fee or something. But yeah, there's a cheerleader song out there. There's a
1: cheerleader song. Yeah,
0: insert that into your own head as you listen. Um,
1: The other thing I was thinking about is how I have felt that from you. And of course, I, I remember vividly there was, um, we were at a marriage conference and I think we were supposed to go around and tell people something about our spouse that they didn't know or whatever it was. And I just remember you saying that I was a good mom or how many times you, and you knew that me being a mom was important to me, that that was My goal was I wanted to be a great mom and a great wife, and you encouraged it. And then as things changed and my dreams changed, I'm not that I stopped wanting to be a good mom or a good wife, but as my dreams enlarged, maybe that's what I'll say, um, into other things like ministering to women or writing and teaching Bible studies or um, being a teacher, any of those things that you were always behind me and supporting me in those endeavors. And, and really, I think about when we made the decision to to move here to the Dominican Republic to serve as missionaries with Macarios. one of the things that we talked about was I obviously was no longer going to teach at the school I was teaching at, and I would have, we say free time. I don't know how much free time I've had, but to have, there was a better opportunity to be able to create time here for me to be able to chase this dream I've had, this goal I've had for years and years and years of writing. And you always encouraged me to find the time. You always would sit there and edit my blog post or my email or the things I was writing for me or give me ideas or let me bounce ideas off of you. And never did I feel like it was a burden to you. But what I felt like is if no one else reads what I write, Scott will read it. And if it doesn't mean anything to anyone else, that for you, it could mean something.
0: Oh, that's super sweet. You're so sweet. I'm your biggest fan. I love reading your blogs and things like that. It's fun. And editing is fun. Um, So, yeah, from my perspective, I agree with everything you've said. I think that um, I have felt over the last 23 years, uh, of course, great encouragement. And you have been my biggest cheerleader. and. And honestly, a lot of the 23 years has been focused on things for me in my career. Uh, and I'm thinking of other people listening to this and you you may be thinking, well, well, I, I'm i pursuing this career, you know, I'm the breadwinner or whatever, like I have to, or you may be a dual income couple and you're thinking, well, both of our careers are super important. We both have dreams and goals. And, and again, it comes back to figuring out uh, in various seasons of life, how do you, how do you do that well if you're both fully pursuing your dreams and goals at the same exact time without some boundaries without some way to to gauge that you, you might be headed towards burnout you might get to a point where oh we we've, we've achieved this goal professionally but our marriage isn't where we want it to be, or our kids aren't the way we wish they were because we didn't focus enough on that. So you you have to be wise in how you you, you plan that out. But I've always felt encouraged from jo- all the job changes to finishing, uh, going through two different master's degree programs and, and using those things to try to get to the next level. Ultimately for us was the decision that we made so that, you would then have time to not just be at home and raise our kids and and then be able to teach. Um, I I just feel like a lot, a long time for a long time in our marriage, uh, you've done a ton more cheerleading for me than I have for you. But I think you're right too. I think that as we found ourselves sitting here today, moving here and thinking like, what is our purpose? What, what, What is our role here? I have a pretty clearly defined role being here. For me, this is a job it's a ministry, but I have a I have a specific role to play. And for you to not for us to not force you into some type of a role immediately, so you would have time to not only get yourself and us settled and our family settled, but you have been able to have some time and I think that's great. I think I've seen you, you know, really come alive and pursuing this finally and being able to invest in study and get training and find the time during the day to write and and just get all the thoughts that have been in your head for so long onto paper or onto a computer actually um so that you know you can share those things and i think you've been blessing many many people because of it just the comments and facebook and people that you know that that love reading what you write because it's an encouragement to them so it is a it's a give and take and I think that um, being committed to say hey we're in this together I'm for you you're for me and and then having those discussions if you're if you're not in that place right now then this is a great way to start a conversation to get to that place to be able to say what are where are we going how are we going to get there and how can I help you do that so with that in mind We have a couple of challenges each, each of these episodes. We want to kind of share what we've learned and then, and kind of throw out a challenge to you that you can do as a couple, something to discuss, to take away from it. So what is that?
1: Okay. So the first challenge is actually something for you to do individually. Complete the statement. One dream or goal I have right now is fill in the blank and you can encourage me by blank. So for example. Perhaps a dream and a goal is to learn to take professional pictures, okay? And you can encourage me by watching the kids a couple hours a week so that I can go out and experiment with my camera. I don't know. Just some some kind of, this is my dream, and this is how you can encourage me to achieve that dream. Then after you individually come up with your statement, we're going to ask that you come back to to one another, and share the statement with each other. Now, here's the truth. There are going to be some of you who are going to write down that goal or that a dream that's been in the back of your head that you have not yet put words to, that you have not spoken it out because it has seemed big. It has seemed frivolous. Perhaps it seemed unachievable or silly or not the right time. And so you've not put words to that dream. Maybe that's the dream you write down, But when you go to share it to your spouse, with your spouse, you might discover that he or she has never heard you talk about that dream before. I want to encourage you to share. And if it's a dream that they haven't heard um, you express before or a goal that they've never heard you mention before, explain to them why. Why it's your dream. What it is. Dream big with them. Um, Explain to them what it is that you what you're desiring and what you see in your future, pull them in, let them see behind the curtain wall of all those things that we keep to ourselves because we're afraid to put words to them. So those are the two challenges, write your statement and then share them with each other. And then you can't not act right. Cause that's part of the thing. I can tell you my dream. I can tell you how I need you to encourage me, but if I don't start chasing my dream and if you don't encourage me, then what's the point we're right back where we started from.
0: Great challenge. I hope you'll do that together. And then, hey, let us know how it goes. You can always um, send us a message through social media. You can email us, scott at so much more dot me. Uh, we'd love to hear how the challenges are going. Uh, we'd also love to answer questions. So if you have questions for us, you could always, again, on social media, you can post those there. Direct message us. Uh, or email us scott at so much more dot me and each episode we're going to try to answer a couple of questions so we had a couple of questions uh, that came in two of these are pretty similar so i'm going to read them together and then we're going to quickly answer them uh, and then we'll wrap this up for this episode so here are the questions one of my biggest concerns is how do you maintain personal space and alone time within a marriage specifically if you're living in tight quarters and if you are, or if you're in a quarantine of some kind, like maybe you are now, how do you live with someone for like 24 7 and not want to kill them? Okay, so,
1: death is a really bad idea, first of terrible all. Terrible idea. Terrible.
0: Yeah. I don't suggest that. But
1: definitely not.
0: Uh, how do you do that? How, how have we done that?
1: I think that in our marriage, um, it was, and, and with just like our personality makeup and within the marriage it it's been very important for me to to find ways and time to be alone or to read by myself or to take a nap or a walk or to do something and it's simply largely based on i'm an introvert and so if i am at home all day with little kids or I – and you're doing, doing, doing for everyone else and you're constantly – it's it's laundry, it's cooking, it's wiping noses, it's breaking up fights, it's doing all of those things. Or if I'm working and I'm teaching class and preparing lessons and it's go, 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 and it's conversation and lots and lots of words and I don't have the time to go and recharge and be by myself, I become crazy mom, right? Crazy Amy. I'm a little – what I know. I know I try to hide it from you.
0: Oh, uh, okay. You say so. Uh
1: I might become a little snippy. Um, I definitely start to nag a little more. There may be some sighing involved, maybe kitchen cabinet may or may not close loudly. And all of those really are usually signs that I just need to be by myself for 30 minutes. And I can know that I need it right. Based on my actions. But if I don't use words to say to my husband, hey, I need an hour. I just need an hour. Or you know what? Can I disappear for 15 minutes? I'm going to go walk around the neighborhood. I'll be right back. Or you know what? The last thing I want to do is cook dinner because these kids will not get away from me in the kitchen. And I just need to step out for a second. Can you just do this for me for a minute? Or if my husband comes home from work and we're both right? We just both got home and everything is chaotic. And I can tell that he just needs a second. Then give him a second. So much of it is, is just talking to each other, reading the mood, right? Scott talks about that, like being able to get a pulse on the household. How are things running? And then do something about it, right? So much of it really ultimately comes down is to think about someone else for two seconds and try to get rid of that selfish self-thinking that we are designed to do right like we don't have to work to be selfish we already are all selfish people we have to work to be selfless and to think about someone else and if i'm selfless and think about you for a minute and if scott can take his moments of not thinking about himself and thinking about me then you have i don't know a little back and forth ability to have that time to be alone
0: yeah i i agree with you i think um, yeah if you're with each other 24 7 uh you might just want to lash out and so you you know you well here's the thing that's probably not even reality because you're one of you or both of you are going to work you have kids you have church activities or volunteer whatever it is you do you're not with each other 24 seven so there's already there's plenty of time built in to to give each other a break but I remember that the time about what she said about giving each other time I remember as a kid my mom uh my both of my parents were working and moms you might recognize like identify with this because it's some somehow kids know when mom goes to the bath like i'm going into the bathroom i want like five minutes alone and then the kids are banging on the door i remember my mom like just once in a while wanted to take a bath and quiet and like get some bubble bath, go in. She would take the little, you know, 11 inch black and white TV from the bedroom and plug it in, not like near the tub, but like on the countertop, because that would not have been safe. And she just wanted to watch, like move the rabbit ears to make sure the channel was just right. And she just wanted to sit there for a minute in peace and quiet. And we would be banging on the door, mom, mom, mom. And so, Hey, dad, Hey, husband, you got to step in here and help. You got to make sure that you're jumping in with the kids or or turning the, the phone ringer off or whatever it is to help support her and vice versa. So you, again, communicate, uh, make time for those things and support each other in those things. It's so, so important.
1: And it's important to to remain in some ways an individual. I mean, you are a married couple, right? You're a unit, but you can have friends and you can have hobbies and you can have Outside interest, right? Not everything has to be together.
0: Exactly. Um, you're right. You're usually right. (laughs) Okay.
1: That's the whole series is just wrapped up in one statement. Is
0: that being recorded? Oh shoot. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, let's move on from that. So let's wrap this up. I hope it's been encouraging for you. I hope some of what we shared uh has been good and that's something you can apply. We encourage you to take the challenge and talk about it and share it with one another. And we hope that this series, I realize that not everybody listening to this is married. You may have been married, you may be thinking about getting married, hoping to get married. This this is something that I think is helpful for everybody. Take it for what it is. If you're not married and you're thinking, wow, one day if God allows it to happen and blesses me with a spouse, then I want to make sure we do things right. Be thinking about it in those terms. Depending on whoever that person is, obviously things change based on people's personalities and all of that. But these principles can apply in, in any marriage. And they've been helpful to us. We hope that they're helpful to you.
1: We want to encourage you, right? Like Scott said, whether you're married or single divorced or engaged, whoever you are, when you've been married six months or five years or 50 years, we hope that this is encouraging for you not to just settle for good enough for you to always strive for more in your marriage because there's so much more that God wants in our marriage than it to be just good enough. And one way that you can strive for more, one thing you can do and you can be is a cheerleader for your spouse. For you to be their biggest fan. For you to always have their back and never let them hit the ground like Emma Grace said.
0: That's a great point. Well, hey, thanks for listening. Tune in next week for episode two. It'll be episode three, but week two of this marriage series. And we're going to be talking about communication. Something we all love to talk about. And honestly, to give you a sneak peek, Uh, communication is usually the reason things don't go right. So we're going to talk about it, how we've learned over the years to try to communicate better and hope that will encourage you then until then, take care of yourself, stay inside. uh, Don't gather in groups of more than five or whatever it is, and continue to pray that this entire coronavirus thing goes away soon. Thanks for listening.
1: May God's kindness in your marriage shine brightly this week.
0: God bless you. We'll talk to you next time.